this says everything has stopped but the ship. That's why we still appear to be moving. About the scanner, Doctor. Covered with static. Let's try it again, Susan. That could be caused by an unsuppressed motor. Yes, or a magnetic field. Shall I go outside, Grandfather? No, I shan't be happy until I've solved this, this little mystery. Welcome to Two Guys, a Girl, and a Podcast. Today we'll be talking about another classic Doctor Who episode called The Sensorites. I am Ken. Jeff. Annie. And before we get into The Sensorites, um, I'm not prepared for this. What do we have for any Doctor Who news or anything? Is there, I don't even know what's been going on. Mel's coming back. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yay! Oh. <laughs> <never mind>. <laughs> oh. <coughs> wow. Yeah, Bonnie Langford. It's returning. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you, you know, and I know we've talked about this before, given the fact that the the Big Finish adventures have sort of um, redeemed certain characters mm-hmm. and everything. I don't know if Mel was redeemed during the Big Finish. I think she was better in the Big Finish from the ones I listened to, I think. I don't know if that's true, or does she still scream a lot? And is no, she doesn't scream a lot at all. Okay. So, this is all part of the spinoff plan. What do you mean, Jeff? Well, <laughs> they want to do spinoffs, so they're going to have her and Sophie Aldred and probably somebody else, Katie okay. Manning, probably or whatever, and do a Katie Manning do spin- would be good. They want to do spinoffs. <clears throat> Okay, so um, I love spinoffs, but okay, we'll see. I'm not going to make any judgment call on it. I, I just feel that if you have a show that's really not that popular right now and you decide to do spinoffs of it, that I don't know if that's going to do any good. When the Sarah Jane thing came out, Doctor Who was really popular. Not, not the first Sarah Jane, but even then, it, it was Doctor Who was popular, but the, the, mm-hmm. the Sarah Jane Adventures, so... I'm trying to keep an open mind. Yeah. Mel wasn't my favorite character, but they've kind of redeemed other people through this. So I'm yeah. cautiously hopeful. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, when you, and the other thing that's happening with both Star Wars and Marvel is the market, the market's somewhat saturated, especially with Marvel. The, the, um, there's too much going on. And they're, they've scaled it back a little bit. So there's a fear that if you put too much product out there, that it's just going to um, flood the market. People, are, It's not going to be like, oh, wow, everyone's going to watch every one of these shows. It's going to be, you know, a third of the people might watch this one and a fourth might watch this one or whatever. But I got that's I have to put that in, you know, that mm-hmm. a negative. <laughs> but. <laughs> If there was a show that was about some sort of Earth um, warriors and they would loop in certain characters that have been left on Earth from Doctor Who Adventures, like... Well, she wasn't... Mel wasn't left on Earth. Okay. So then they would have to make another one with her or somehow get her to be transported to other characters. Like you just explain in the episode where she comes back. 
I mean, she wasn't left on Earth, but she was in the that Jodie Whittaker's regeneration she, in that group. So yeah, I was about to point she, that out. She was in the self-help yeah. group, so she got yeah. through, back to Earth somehow. Okay. Or so they give them the ability to travel all over the universe. But so last that's we just see Doctor her, Who. she's with Glitz flying through space. Perfect. Well, he won't be coming back because the actor has passed away. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So, um, okay. Anything else besides that? No, not really. That's the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's little by little. I mean, I'll say this: Russell T. Davis is certainly adding. He's not just throwing everything out there at once. He's adding little bits and pieces at a time. And he's doing the promotion. That's probably what he does best. It certainly isn't his writing. No. Um, <laughs> he's really good at promoting and keeping mm-hmm. the show's energy up. And then if you look at the opposite side, well, we have to chip Chibnall's the opposite of that. So. Who did it really? say anything of who was guest starring or hardly anything like that until it was like oh this we this guy's gonna be in the episode even when they were filming outside he never they hardly let people know who was in it mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> okay um getting into personal situations what um have you guys been watching or enjoying anything good well, bad. like the rest of the U.S., I was watching Ted Lasso. No, I didn't. What's that? Well, it's a, <laughs> you guys should watch it. It's a really good show. It did finally end. It ended on a. It ended very well, I thought. Okay. It stayed true to what the storylines were were throughout the whole series or the whole themes of the series. Um, I was very sad to see it end, and I'm hoping they're going to do another series based on the characters that are still in London. I might give it a. Ch- that's the one that's in Hulu, right? No, it's no, it's Apple TV. Okay, I, I Apple TV is one of those services I don't have just yet, but I I'm building up a group of things that I want to watch. Mm-hmm. Like the, there's a new. Um, I think there's the Blade Runner series that might be on that, but there's oh the um, Silo and stuff like that. I think is on that. Yes, Silo is. Yeah, so at some point I'm going to need to. Um, get that to, to to watch those things so i will um pencil that in as a potential watch and see how it is what about you jeff no i'm not watching anything really what <laughs> not not for like for this oh I have, I'm like, okay let's see i was watching the red Sox. i was watching okay never mind <laughs> <laughs> I was watching college baseball. I mean, okay, that's enough. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Me, me neither. I, I haven't watched much recently. And um, Colcheck, the Night Stalker, the original TV series. My my wife and I are still watching that. We're just about done with that. I will have to say that the series finale of Flash wasn't that great, but I I haven't really liked that show that much recently. But Superman and Lois has been excellent. And um, that's it. So if we're all set with that, can we get into the episode? Yes. Okay. 
sensorites. Um, oh, I can't. Um, the boringites is more like it. It wasn't that bad. So this is my. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say this is my first time seeing this series. Have you ever and seen it? No, I've never, never seen, seen it before. Okay. I've never seen the sensorites before. So I came into it cold. It did have some good points. It did have some silly points and some points that just didn't make any sense. But that's kind of par for the course for Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, I, one thing I liked was the relationship between the Doctor and Susan. You really got to yeah. see them as a, as a grandfather and a granddaughter at this point. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really see that in a lot of the other episodes I've watched. Yeah. Overall, I thought it was a... It was okay. I'm not in a hurry to go back and see it again. Yeah. I felt it was a little bit long. It could have been four episodes instead of six. Oh, yeah. It was too long. That's kind of oh. like... That's kind of like almost every show... Almost every Doctor Who episode sort of is like that. You know, especially mm-hmm. these longer episodes. We can always say, boy, it could have been shorter. Yeah. I, I think um, this one's been a tough one for me to look at and review over the years because there are, there are a few elements that I like about it. Um, I thought they had some good cliffhangers. I thought mm-hmm. the design of the sensorites were, was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I know they could be considered silly. The, the feeder um, can be silly, but are also visually kind of neat. You know, mm-hmm. and but like anything else, in especially the first two doctors or so, it's that they're they're kind of stupid. You know, they they the doctor comes in and and they figure out the problem, and the sensorites are like, oh, we didn't know that. You know, it's like, and so they just come off as being kind of dumb. And then it turns into just some political intrigue as you have different sensorite leaders trying to manipulate this and that and everything. So it's definitely padded quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate, but that's how they they planned it that way. What can we have them do? Well, let's have this person get captured. And, and that's the nature of these shows. And so, and we know that. And so when we're watching these, we, we try to, but when we look at them, it's like, oh, <laughs> you know. I like Some... the parts on the ship better than when they went down to the sense sphere. Yeah. I thought that was the highlight of the, the episodes was when they were on the rocket ship and they were par- the paranoia of what the aliens were doing, the sensorites. And then when they went in the sense sphere, it was just like, oh, look, Ian got poisoned. Oh, look, they're going to go look for this. Oh, look, someone stole the, the uh, antidote and destroyed it. Oh, look. This person is missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. It did seem like it was like it was stronger early on. I will say this though: there's a lot of dialogue stumbles in this one, especially William Hartnell first episode, um, and then even like the sensorites were messing up, and um, most of the secondary or most of the TARDIS crew don't usually screw up too often, but even they were kind of messing up a little bit. So I'm not sure. When is this air? When when is this episode? Is this in the season? Is it um toward the end or? It's beginning? the second to last story of season one. Yeah. The next one is that really great historical story, the Reign of Terror. 
Okay. So that's I that do, one is boring. I I I do love some of the tension. There's a lot of um, quiet moments where they're kind of wandering around the ship, trying to figure out what's going on. They stumble across two people that they think might be dead, but wake up and. We have that great cliffhanger of the sensorite looking in the window, which is one of my favorites. It's just so kind of creepy. That made yeah. me think of Nightmare at 20,000 feet from the Twilight Zone. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, is it true that the sensorites don't like the night, so when you turn the lights off, they go crazy? Is that right? Yeah, because they can't see. That They can't see in the dark. I know, but, but that just seemed really silly to me. Well, when you're out in space, isn't it like dark out there? Yeah. Okay. Well, he's walking on the ship, and well, I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> that was kind of silly. That they add it's it's the silliness in the writing. It's the chill writing for children, and mm-hmm. we can criticize that. And as we, you know, maybe as a child, you're like, "Ooh, cool," but then you get older, and you're like, "Wait a minute." And it did seem kind of silly. I don't even know that it was used later on. Um, I don't even know what the point was other than just adding five minutes of dialogue to talk about it or something and for them to get out of a situation or something. Um, But yeah, I agree. I thought the inside of the ship was really good with a really good Mm -hmm. cliffhanger. It had a different recap. It looked like it almost had a different sensorite that was looking through the window the second time. It was kind of weird. It wasn't like the same thing they just it seems like they reshot it different angle or something i Um, noticed that in episode three too yeah yeah there's it didn't seem like it was just the recap of before it seemed like it was a reshot which surprised me i think they do that a lot though in the um i think they did that a lot in the william hartnell era um i think um but maybe not all the time we'll have to keep an eye on that it's been a while, I forgot. Now, I know Jeff doesn't like Susan that much. Mm-hmm. What do you think <laughs> of Susan in this episode? Because Susan has, this is one of her more important episodes because she has more, to, they gave her stuff to do. I I liked that they gave her more to do because she finally, would, like I said, this kind of threw the contrast of, between her and her grandfather in into the spotlight. Yeah, that, um, go ahead. Yeah, because she was actually doing stuff, you know, against his wishes and stuff, and she hadn't mm-hmm. really done that. So I thought I, that was interesting. I thought the fact that she actually had something to do was good instead of just wandering around. Um, that she was the one person who had the telepathy to communicate with them. Yeah. I didn't like that she got kidnapped because that was that's just an old trope. Yeah, I think um, at the time I originally watched this episode, first off, I I know you just watched this, Annie. When I watched this for the first time, I was very excited because I was already kind of a Doctor Who fan, just like, you know, we are. But it was kind of like exciting because when these shows started to come out, we were like, oh, wow. You know, we we, we didn't know if they were going to be showing on PBS or whatever. So it was really exciting. So every episode we were kind of, at least I was, not critical of. Mm-hmm. I understood when an episode wasn't that good and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, and seeing something like the Sensorites, uh, 
I was almost like grateful to watch it. And um, I kind of, just like Keys of Marinus, I kind of liked elements of it. And now that I have a lot of time and I've only seen it a few times over the years, um, I can be more critical of it, I guess. But um, I like the slow revealing mystery of what's going on. Maybe it was a little too slow, <laughs> but. Yeah, it was um, at times. I do like, um, at one point, the doctor and Ian are kind of like their dialogue is. They're, they're, well, actually, there's a scene where somebody says something, you are in contact with them, and one of the. Ian, either Ian or Doctor says that, and then the, the other one says the same exact line. So I think somebody probably read or said the wrong line. Like they, they said. Like I think somebody else's line. Yeah, and then but then I think the doctor repeated it because that's what he was supposed to say. He almost interrupted Ian during during it. You know, probably another one of those in-house bloopers. But it was the the exact same line. It wasn't like a sort of a um, retelling of the of the line. It it was exact same line. So it it was a little odd. Hmm. Um. You know, and, and Susan's pretty. There's a lot of stuff in Susan in this, and well, I think they did a lot with her because she was complaining she wasn't getting much to do, and so they added this. But it was probably too little, too late because, um, the next season, the second story of the next season, she leaves. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's tough with three companions, and they started with three companions, so. Um, but when you have these six parters, you can do more with them. And that's probably why they have six, six, three companions, because you can have Ian go off and get captured and or get sick or whatever. You can have Barbara go off and talk to certain characters. It's the format that's set up. You have 10 characters that intermix with these people. So one companion is going to meet up with two companion, uh, two characters. Then they're going to go over. And so it's just kind of like this. It's a different type of writing than it, obviously it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought they did okay with this overall. I think there was enough. I thought the designs of the ship looked pretty good. What do you think of the, the, the humans that were in like those caves towards mm. the end? I, I'm just like, it seemed like they just, oh, let's just throw these guys in here. It's like... Well, plot-wise, it did make sense. I mean, once they explained everything. Where they get the poison? Um, well, that's going to bring that up. Why deadly nightshade? Can deadly nightshade really grow under there? I mean, that's a big stretch for me. I mean, of all things, to have just you know, and the sensorites couldn't figure out that the water was poisoned. They said they yeah. tested the water. Yeah, just yeah, but they they knew that. That's what I was talking about. Them being dumb, they like they they knew that they certain people were drinking different water and they even said it oh yeah was it like the 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 uh, administration gets water from a different source but we've never been sick but now everyone else is <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you know it's just kind of dumb but i don't know and, and then I, I don't know it just it just it just yeah it just you know <laughs> and of course the doctor finds Figures it out pretty quickly and, and yeah, pretty, pretty really quick, and makes an antidote really quick. Mm-hmm. 
Well, so there's something really obvious, like Deadly Nightshade. I mean, there have been anecdotes around for that for a while, I think. I'm not a poison expert, but... But, I mean, couldn't it have been space disease or something that's not... That we, you know, they just make up a different disease so they can make it do whatever they want it to do. And why does it have to be some known disease or something? I don't know. Just, I mean, you think of Deadly Nightshade, that's like from Victorian novels, you know. Yeah. Or things like that. Mm-hmm. So I was just really disappointed when they said it's what it was. Yeah. Like, oh, that's it. So, hey, you know those guys in the caves when they come out the first time. First off, that was a pretty neat interaction where one of them, Ian and, and uh, the doctor, there, and they're like, "Oh, look at that!" And then they turn around and they they realize that they there's another one behind them. I thought that was a pretty neat scene. Um, it looks like that it was really hard. They looked like they were wearing they, they were carrying giant pencils. They're spears. They just look yes. like giant pencils. <laughs> um, they do. So I was, was kind of like, okay, this is kind of dumb. I have to say that once they got on on the sense sphere, I kind of um, it was harder for me to take it seriously. And I, yeah, yeah, because it was so started so good on this ship, mm-hmm. and then they get to the sense sphere, and it's just. Oh, we're gonna kidnap this guy, and I'm gonna wear his sash, and they're not gonna know who I am because I got a different sash on. Yeah, that's was, part of that that childish, where all aliens look the same, and no one could tell the difference, including the aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. The aliens all can't tell each other apart unless they have their color sashes. I have to say this. I think Susan's one of the best parts of this because she's defiant at one point and says, I'm, I need to be involved in this. And the doctor's fighting back a little bit and he's worried. Later on, they have a conversation and she says something like, maybe someday I'll want to belong somewhere, which I don't know if it was like they were alluding to the fact that she might be leaving. Well, she or, must have had to make say something at some point that she doesn't want to be on the show anymore. Yeah, but it was but, just the first season. Yeah, but we're at towards the end. Yeah, and, yeah. And, well, it just seemed like you know, and, and maybe it was just thrown in there. But it was a, whatever it was. That line was pretty good because it's it's getting into. It's not just them running around and having fun. You know, at the end, the doctor is a little short tempered and says, "I'm going to drop you off at the next planet." Blah blah blah. Because Ian was just sort of making fun of his. Uh, well, the doctor goes to, to Susan, well, you know, I can't, this thing doesn't steer itself that well. And then Ian goes, yeah, this thing doesn't steer itself that well. And the doctor gets all offended and says, I'm going to throw you off. It's like overreaction time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does um, that in the next episode is the Reign of Terror. So whatever, yeah. 17th century France, whatever it is, mm-hmm. where Susan goes back to doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I thought some of the, I think, Annie had mentioned this, some of the stuff with um, Susan and, and the doctor were really good in this. I think, you know, they mm-hmm. had plenty of character development for them. Ian and Barbara sort of had a little less to do this episode, this, this story, but definitely um, Susan. Barbara wasn't even in one episode. She's just waiting on the ship. Yeah. And Ian was dying of poisoning and he was just lying there. And that's the thing, I mean, and I guess that's how serials are. You're going to have a situation where you almost expect a a character to be out of an episode 
from time to time. It's just it's just how they write it. Because mm-hmm. either they're they're on a vacation or something, they're they're going to go away for a while, which I don't know. Well, if that's... Every time when Patrick Trowell got knocked out and wasn't in an episode, he was on vacation. Yeah, but it's more like we have to find something for these guys to do these these characters. And it's like, well, we can do this, this, or this, but let's just have them knocked out for an episode. <laughs> and it's like, mm-hmm. okay. Um, and sometimes it's not, I don't think it, them not being in a particular episode wasn't as noticeable in this one. I, you know, I thought it was, you know, they, they did a pretty good job. I mean, if there's a virus and Ian gets affected by it, then that makes sense. And, you know, they have to split everyone up. And everything. I guess that makes sense. So it just stood out to me this time to not have Barbara there for every episode. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, what about the cast, the, the um, guest cast, in terms of acting or characters or anything? How did how did that go? I mean, you're just people in costumes with masks, and you can't see their face, so you just hear their voice. So, except for the guys at the end. Oh, the guy who was like the crazy guy who ended up getting turned normal. He was okay. But I thought the other two astronauts or rocket. I mean, uh, you knew they were from on a rocket ship because they had rockets on their, their shirt. Oh, they're space <laughs> people. <laughs> they, they, they were described as space people, which was kind of stupid. Mm. Yeah, because they had ships on rocket ships on their shirt. They're yeah. space people. <laughs> it was kind of dumb, though. Yeah, <laughs> I work in space. Well, it's everybody a very, works in space in Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, it's a very juvenile um, um, sort of way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to bring in Jerry Anderson had Fireblock so five, and they they called everything like you know space this and space that, you know. I could use a cup of space coffee or whatever, you know. <laughs> they just, you know, it's like, okay. It's humorous. So, overall, I thought that this was okay, but if I think about the rest of the season, I think it's kind of lower on my list. Yeah. Because uh, I think even Keys of Marinus, I, I enjoyed more than this. And, I mean, it came right after the Aztecs, which for me is a strong episode. So yeah, or story, I should say. Well, it comes before the Reign of Terror, which was incredibly boring. So it's in a good spot. <laughs> oh no, that that historical is like so boring. It's like why not? I know it's been a while since I've seen that, but I've never seen. I've only heard the audio from it. Yeah. Oh, that this one where there's just Hartnell's walking through the countryside for like a whole episode, and you just see the Doctor walking do 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 do. <laughs> and then someone is sick for an episode someone's about to get executed for an episode it's just like yeah it's just like this I'd rather watch the sense rights <laughs> okay yeah I thought there was enough in it to to make it semi enjoyable I didn't hate it by any stretch of imagination um, mm-hmm. hate's a bad a very um harsh word i only hate recent doctor who <laughs> i don't i don't think i hate much in terms of classic doctor who i don't like some classic doctor who but i hate is 
when the show does something that it shouldn't do or whatever. I mean, it, it's classic. I'm, I'm more apt to kind of like, like I, I resent some new Doctor Who and some is really good, but I feel like this is kind of like, oh yeah, it's sensorized. It's supposed to be like this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I don't think it's weird. I think it's because we know it was made for a different audience at that time and they had different limitations, whereas now we expect them to have grown past all that. Yes. Yeah. And they haven't in some cases. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad I saw this episode. I'm not in a hurry, like you heard, like I said, to go back and watch it again. Yeah. But I thought it was oh, it was it was okay. Yeah, I don't even know if I would ever watch this again. I mean, um, unless there was a reason to or something if I decided to watch them all in order or something. But, um, yeah, I I, I thought it was halfway decent. And Mm -hmm. it's just that it wasn't quite living. I thought some of the music was really good. And um, especially the first episode, I I think, was probably the best. Yeah, the first two in the spaceship. And then it just... And it goes downhill. Okay. Any more about this one? No, I think that's it. Okay. Thanks for listening.